Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Friday, February the 26th, 2021. As always, I give thanks to God for you, for what he is doing in your life with the people, places, and things that he has so divinely orchestrated to connect you with. The people, places, and things you're praying for, you're interceding on behalf of, you are encouraging, you're being a financial blessing to, you're covering, you're pleading the blood of Jesus. All of those things that God has placed in your heart. And you may not even understand why you're thinking about this place or why this organization keeps coming to mind or why this person who you haven't talked to in a while just kind of pops up in your spirit and you have a desire to reach out. You don't even know why, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit that rests in you. And I always say spirit, no spirit. And even though you may not know why you're moving in a certain direction and you may not have all of the answers of why you keep thinking about someone, but God knows. And so anytime you're prompted by the Holy Spirit, if you are new or if this is your first time listening, anytime you're prompted by the Holy Spirit and someone uh, crosses uh, your mind that you haven't thought of in a while, or they just cross your mind, lift them up in prayer. Because even though you may not know what's going on with them, the Holy Spirit knows. And when you lift them up in prayer, they might be at the hospital uh, at a doctor's visit that day. Something might be going on in their personal life with their children or with their spouse or on their job or they could have been denied, you know, an opportunity that they were looking forward to. And so there's some disappointment. Just lift them up and say, God, you know, bless, you know, Danita. God, bless, you know, Lisa. God, bless Katrina. God, pr- protect her, cover her, you know, perfect those things concerning her. God, bless this family, God, heal so-and-so. Or I, you just might want to start pleading the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus over the Harris family. I plead the blood of Jesus over the Freeman family. You may not even know what's going on, but you can still cover them with the words that you speak. Don't ever discount the words that you speak. Or when somebody comes to mind, just, oh, I was thinking about you. No, lift them up to God. Because it's not happenstance that you're thinking about someone. And even if you haven't talked to them in a while and and you're used to connecting and you want to call that person, you know, later on. But in that moment, just say, God bless them. God cover them. God protect them. You know, God lead them in the path of righteousness. You know, um, just whatever come, you know, but, but speak blessings over their life because you never know what you're doing spiritually, how you could be shifting things spiritually for that individual or for that family. I don't know where I'm going with that, but sometimes I'll get to talking and then the Holy Spirit will just put it all together. So let's do that. Let's make that one of our things that we're going to be conscious of on this weekend that as we think about people because people do cross our mind as we you know travel and you wonder oh you know maybe a business has closed down you know and we know that we're living in a time where um 
I don't know where the Holy Spirit has me going, but we know that we are living in a time where because of COVID, a lot of businesses have had to close down and it can be an eyesore. You know, it, it can be an eyesore to your neighborhood. It can be an eyesore, you know, as you drive to work or as you drive to distant different destination, but pray that God would bless the land. Pray that God would bring a business that is a blessing to the people where families could get together and have fellowship, you know, by eating dinner together. See, we've got to shift the way that we talk and the way we look at things. I've been guilty of it. I've said things like, oh, you know, another business is closed down or oh, I remember this. I remember that. But God is able that once was lost. God is able to bring it back and to bring it back better than it was before. So let's shift our thinking instead of speaking what we see. Let's let's call those things that are not as though they were that that's a new business for somebody that's been wanting to start a business. Lord, let them get the the small business loan that they need or Lord, let them come with cash more than enough that our neighborhoods are more than enough that uh, that the abandoned buildings are soon going to be occupied and they're going to be places, places of of safety, places of fun where people can love again and smile again. Again and and bless the Lord, you know, whatever it may be, but let's change our language. Let's be intentional about the words that we speak on this weekend. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna close that up right there because yeah, I wasn't planning on saying all that, but yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's speak life to dead things. Let's speak life to dead things that we see, to dead things that we know. Let's speak life to them on this weekend. Um, I want to talk about the book of Hosea. Um, as I was asking God what we should talk about on today, what came to mind was, uh, you know how sometimes I try to catch, try to come up with catchy little episode titles, but what came to mind uh, was like, God, are you serious? You know, God, what, what, what are you? Are you for real, God? And what I mean by that is we think about Hosea. And, and again, you know, as we think about what Hosea was asked to do, you know, it said that the Lord began to speak, go take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness. All right. Hosea, a prophet, a man of God. Okay. Was asked. Now I'm not gonna say he was asked, but, but God, he was commanded because he said, go take yourself right so he was commanded to take an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness children that she would have outside of the marriage bed all right god are you serious okay god are you asking me to do that but then as i began to reflect on the word of god that this is not the first time where god has placed a demand or put a command on his people to do something that from the average person would look downright foolish, would look downright crazy, right? As we think about today, right? If we had a a brother or if we had a sister and they knew their spouse was being unfaithful and they said, God has told me to stay. God has told me to remain in this. Uh, we would look at them like they had lost their mind. And we would give every reason up under the sun 
as to why they needed to move on and let Gomer or let George, I'm just using that, go on and do them. And baby, you need to do you, right? But God had issued a command, go and take, right? The word go and take, that's action. God didn't ask. I made that mistake. I said, God asked. No, God said, go and take. And Hosea did it. But as I was reflecting on the Bible, I thought about Abraham. When God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son, Isaac. Right. His, his beloved son, the, the son that 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 he waited on, the son that that he and Sarah did not think would happen because in their old age, God told him to go and sacrifice his son. Now, we know that that God, uh, God provided the sacrifice that there, you know, God, God had the ram in the bush. So that didn't happen. But yet Abraham took. Took. Isaac to be the sacrifice, right? And it was when God intervened and told him, don't do it. But, but Abraham was obedient to the command. Now, if God was to tell one of us, let's bring it to today, to sacrifice our child in some type of way, uh-uh, Lord, this is my baby. No, Lord, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm not doing it. We would be, we would be back and forth with, with, with God. We would be back and forth with the Lord. Now, we know that God wouldn't ask us to do anything like that now because Jesus was, became the ultimate sacrifice. But I'm talking about back then. We would be like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't do that. Then, but I'm going to tell you who God really made me think about was Ezekiel. Because I remember reading all the things that God had asked Ezekiel to do. And I thought, what in the world? And so Ezekiel was asked, and I have my Bible here. In Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 4. God was telling Ezekiel that this will be a sign to the house of Israel. He told Ezekiel, lie on your left side and put the sin of the house of Israel upon yourself. You are to bear their sin for the number of days you lie on your side. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days, he was to, lay, to lie on one side, on the left side of his body. Then he told him, after this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and you're going to bear the sin of the house of Judah. I've assigned you 40 days, a day for each year. So then he had to lie on his right side for 40 days. So now we're talking about over 400 days. He is lying on his left side for 390 days on his right side for 40 days. Then God goes on to tell him that he wanted him to bake some bread. All right. And as he baked the bread for himself, he said, you are to eat it during the 390 days you lie on your side. All right. So for 390 days, he had to eat this bread. Then Ezekiel says, not so sovereign Lord, I have never defiled myself from my youth until now, I have never eaten anything found dead or torn by wild animals. No unclean meat has ever entered my mouth. 
So now he's telling the Lord, right? What he's going to do. But then. This is what he said. Very. But then he says very well. He said, I will let you bake your bread over cow manure instead of human excrement. All right. So. God wasn't. Now we may think that that's unusual, right? That is that's far fetched. That you would have to lie on one lie on one side of your body for three hundred ninety days, lie on the other side of your body for forty days, and then you gotta bake your bread over cow manure. So you've got to eat this bread for three hundred ninety days, but in order to bake it, you have to bake it over cow manure. All right. And so Ezekiel had asked God to not make him use human excrement for fuel because it had violated some of the laws, the the laws back in uh, back further in the Old Testament. And so God said, gave him something, gave him the cow manure to use. Now, even with Ezekiel, it's not that's not it, y'all. Because then in chapter 24, right, in chapter 24, God told Ezekiel not to mourn for his wife. God said, I, I know she's your delight, right? He said, I'm, he said, son of man, with one blow, I'm about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead. So then Ezekiel says, so I spoke to the people in the morning and in the evening, my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. The Bible is deep. The Bible is deep. So we have Hosea and Hosea is a, a prophet after Ezekiel. So actually the book of Ezekiel comes from before Hosea. And we know Abraham is, is early, early on in, in the Bible as we read about Abraham. But we see Abraham, we see Ezekiel, we see Hosea, right? We see that men were asked to do things that nobody could understand. Nobody could possibly understand what they were being asked to do. And if we would relate even to the few things that I read here, we too, if we were asked to do some of these things, we wouldn't be able to understand. We would not be able to grasp. Number one, why God, even though God does give us insight in his word of why he asked him to do those things in our day in the 21st century we would say "Uh, uh-uh, God wouldn't ask you to do that God would not ask you Hosea to to not get out here and find you somebody else who's gonna be faithful to you to sit around and deal with Gomer or to sit around and deal with George we would probably be trying to commit Ezekiel into a, a mental hospital because he's laying around um, on one side, on his left side, and then on his right side for days, right? On his left side um, for over 390 days. And then you baking bread over cow manure. Something's wrong. I, we, I need to check you in somewhere, right? 
um, Moses was asked to leave his land to go somewhere else. And we'd be saying, what? Please, God ain't told you to go anywhere. You better sit down right here. You you got your job. You got everything you need right here. You going out and you trying to do this or that. We always try to to uh, try to think that God would not put us in circumstances where he himself is trying to, where he himself, I'm not going to say trying to, where he himself desires to show himself strong. And in each of these instances, it wasn't about the person that he was using as much as it was about God showing his glory to the people, showing that truly he is the king of kings, that truly he is the Lord of lords, that truly, truly. He is more than enough. We know. I, I have. I have no. Um, I'm. I'm going to say this. I know. I, I can just imagine. Let me put it that way. That oh Ezekiel, uh, probably felt a certain type of way about the way things were going. We get a glimpse of that when he said, you know, when he asked God to kind of, okay, God, you know, do, can I do something else? He said, you know, not so sovereign Lord. I've never defiled myself, you know, so he's, he's, he's communicating with God. He's telling God, you know, God, don't, don't do, can I do it? Can I do it another way? And, and God gives him permission to do so. So we know that, that, that inside there was some turmoil. Even in obedience, there can be some turmoil. There can be some, surely God, do you really want me to do this? Surely God, are you asking me, you know, to, to stay in this position? Surely God, you're not asking me that. Are you asking me that God? And then in Matthew, I want to bring it to the New Testament in Matthew chapter 19, <laughs> You know, we, there's the story of the, the rich man who goes to Jesus. So now we've gone from the old to the new, he goes to Jesus and, you know, Jesus goes through all of the things that, you know, you, you need to do. And, and the man says to Jesus, you know, I've, I've done all those things, you know, I've done all those things. In other words, I'm good. Like, you know, okay, God, and I'm trying to find it here. I should have had it all these, uh scriptures mark but you know y'all when the bible is just good it's just good but he says you know basically god i've done i've done all this stuff it says um jesus is telling him um he said what good thing must i do to get eternal life right this is the the rich young man and jesus says uh why do you ask me that you know there's only one who's good and he's talking about you know if, if you want to enter life obey the commandments Right. Because a lot of people say um, you can't get into heaven by your works. Right. But the Bible does talk about works. You know, it, it does talk about works. It does talk about obeying God commandments. Uh, verse 17 says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. So the man says, which one? 
And Jesus replies, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father, your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the man, like many of us would say, I'm good. I've kept all those. I'm good. And then the young man said, what do I still lack? Hallelujah. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So he said, what do I lack? Right. He opened himself. He was transparent. God, what what am I lacking? I've done all that. Check, check, check. We like check boxes. We like to cross things out. Okay, boom. I'm not, I'm not a liar. So, hey, I'm good. I'm not a murderer. So, hey, I'm good. You know, I don't steal. So, hey, I'm good. I haven't stepped outside my marriage. So, hey, I'm good. That's what we do. You know, we, we compare ourselves to other situations. I'm not as bad. So we think as so-and-so because they, they do all of that. And I don't do any of that. But what do I still lack? And Jesus said to sell your possessions, give to the poor. And then come follow me. And the young man heard this and he went away sad because he had great wealth. And so I brought it to the new to say this. There are going to be times in our life where God requires. He puts a demand on us spiritually. He puts a demand on us spiritually. I'm going to say that again. He puts a demand on us spiritually and sometimes that demand does not make sense to other people sometimes the demand God puts on your life sometimes the the demand God may put on your life is to set your alarm clock and to get up every morning between 1 a.m and 2 a.m and pray and sometimes you might be saying, God, get what? Set my, uh-uh, I got to go to work in the morning, right? Do what, God? Uh-uh, I got to do this. I'm going to be tired. Sometimes it won't make sense to us. Sometimes you might only have $50 in your checking account until next week. So you think, okay, I got enough money for gas. And God might say, give $40 to this person right here. And you're like, what? I only got $50. This got to last me until next week. I'm not doing that. Sometimes God might put a demand on you to do some things to see where you are in your level of obedience. And just like Hosea, who was asked to marry a prostitute, just like who Ezekiel. There's more. I mean, there, I mean, when you read the Old Testament, the prophetic acts that God asked the prophets to do, many of us would not. Many of us wouldn't be able to do those things. Many of us, I, I already know for myself, many of us wouldn't be able to do those things. But God knows who He can trust. <laughs> And so when God puts a demand on you for a spiritual thing, know that he trusts you with it. 
when, when God puts a demand on you for spiritual things, know that God trusts you with it. And if there are things that you don't understand, know that you can ask. You can ask God. People say, don't question God. But here we see Ezekiel. Ezekiel really didn't question God. But he pleaded to God to allow him to do something differently. In the New Testament, the rich young man asked Jesus, what do I still lack? He asked a question. You can ask God for clarity. You can ask God. Show me. You can say, God, take this away from me. Jesus asked God in the garden of Gethsemane, God, take this away from me. But if, if it, but not my will, but yours, but he still asked. So we see patterns of the demand that God will place on his people spiritually to do a thing. That maybe they themselves that don't understand and certainly other people will not understand. And I say that to you to encourage you because maybe you're listening to me and God has asked you to do something and you don't understand what God has asked you to do, why God is asking you to do it and how God is going to get the glory out of it. How God is going to work this thing in you for his glory. That could be going back to school. That could be looking at your credit score and you're trying to obtain a piece of property or you're trying to get a home for your family or you're trying to better yourself in some capacity that may mean waking up and walking the floor and crying out to God at all times during the night because you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit and you waking up your whole house and they like, what, what is mama doing? What is daddy doing? But you know what God has called you to do. And sometimes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I, somebody is saying, well, God ain't going to call you to disrupt your whole house. God is not going to call you to wake up your whole house praying. God is not going to do this. But, but here's the thing. When you, when you have the Holy Spirit, you bring the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go. And the people who you are connected with should know based on your fruit should know based on what they see because they should see something different in you. They should know that there's a calling on your life. Even the people in your house should know there's a calling on your life. The people that are with you should know that there's something different about my mother. There's something different about my father. Even if they're young, they may not quite be able to put their finger on it. Now I'm not saying that, you know, while you're watching TV as a family, you know, you just start doing, you know, I, I you know what, I don't know. But what I am saying is that people who are connected to you should know that there's something different about you. And they should know that the calling on your life is greater than what they may even 
know or what they may even see. And so I'm not saying that you, you know, you yelling and screaming, but there may be times where you need to shout unto God with the voice of triumph, right? In your house, in your, in your room with the door shut, you know, cause God said to, to go, to go away in your prayer closet in the secret place. But there are times where God might, your, the Holy Spirit might require you to walk around your house and pray to anoint every window and to anoint every door. And you cannot be ashamed of what God has called you to do. Hosea could not be ashamed of you think you don't you know people was probably talking about Hosea. Don't you know people was probably talking about Ezekiel. Laying on his side and and baking bread under uh under cow dung. Don't you know that people are t- the streets are talking about you? <laughs> the streets are talking about how you've changed. The streets are talking about when somebody says something to you, how you, you know, instead of cursing them out, you can walk away now. Instead of banging on their car hood, you can say, God bless you. Because you know, God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Maybe the first time it was out of emotion and out of flesh. But God said no more. He would do it. So you allow him to do it instead because his way is best. God said that he would vindicate you. For his glory. Because it ain't about us. It's not about what the streets say about us. But in the end, it's about what the streets say about God. And at the end, God said. That every knee shall bow and that every tongue shall confess. And that if we don't praise him, that he would make the rocks cry out. So don't worry. Be a Hosea. Don't worry about the streets talking. Ezekiel, don't worry about the streets talking. Instead, ask God, God, what am I lacking? What are the things that you have told me to do? And then if God, if if you can check, 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 you ask me to pray, I'm praying. You ask me to spend more time in my word. I'm spending time in my word. God, I've chosen relationship over religion. You know, God, I've done this. I've done that. Then say, God, what am I still lacking? Purify me, purge me, cleanse me. I've got to walk the narrow way. There are no other options. Hell is not an option for you. You got to settle that in your heart. Hell is not an option for me. So I don't have time to play games. With nobody. So on today and on this weekend. Speak life. That's your charge. Speak life to those dead things. Remember, even even God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the to the dead bones, to the dry bones. (laughs) A lot of times we got to get it in our heart that God is going to ask us to do things and he's going to put us out there. 
to do things that seem foolish to man, that man can't understand. But in the end, in the end, just like Jesus told the rich man, if you want to enter life, obey the commandments, obey what God is telling you. I hear that so clearly. Obey. Somebody's got a word from God, but you're dragging your feet. You're saying, God, in my time, I'll do it. God, I'm not ready. God, I'm not sure. If you know that you know that you know, and you just going back and forth with God, just trying to buy time. Tomorrow's not promised. 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time is not promised. It's 6.27 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can I tell you 6.28 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is not promised. It's not promised. Be obedient to the things of God. Know that God's got you. And just like his word said, those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. That means God has to come through for you. He has to. His word says it. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. Period. He cannot lie. Everything that God said was yours, it's yours. He cannot lie. But a lot of what, I'm not going to say but and, a lot of what he promises is contingent upon our acts of faith. These prophetic acts were acts of faith that said, I believe you, God. I don't understand why I'm doing it, but I believe you. So on today and on this weekend, we say that we believe God and we will be obedient to his word, to the things that he and only he is calling us to do, no matter what it looks like to anybody else. If we need clarity, we'll seek God for that, not man. Be careful about seeking man about what you think God is telling you to do. Because if that man or woman does not know the word or if that man or woman has an alternative motive or if that man or woman because let's be real misery loves company if that man or woman has some, some historical generational things going on you better seek God and seek God only about what he is asking you to do. And God will confirm it. If it's too out there, let God confirm it to, to make sure you're hearing from God. And he will always have a witness to his word. I love you all. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome weekend. I know I was really long today, but this is because as we get closer to the last days, the Bible says that there will be a great falling away. There will be a great falling away. And many people are going to choose not to do, not to be obedient. Many are going to choose to not allow the Holy Spirit to put a demand on their spirit, man. And so they're going to go their own way. 
But we have to continue to encourage one another to go the way of the Lord. I love you all. Have an awesome day. Meditate on this word. Go back. Read read Ezekiel. Read Hosea. Search the word about the things, the different things that God and hear what Jesus tells people to do. And how how many did them and they looked strange. They looked weird. They looked way out there. But how many chose to do something else? God is with you. He's never left you. And more importantly, remember that he is for you. Have an awesome day. Love you all. Bye-bye.